Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is David and Spencer to review the games against AR Arbroath and Dundee, preview our Scottish Cup second round tie and we'll look ahead to the January transfer window. Firstly, Happy New Year everybody. Glad to have you back on the show and um, we're going to start obviously on a positive note. 5-3 win over AR on Boxing Day. Obviously, we started the game pretty well, went one up with Stephen Kingsley. The goalie didn't really cover himself in too much glory, though, did he? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think the, I think defensively that afternoon, I thought we were fairly poor. Um, and we have been for, uh, well, I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to it in, in further detail, just how uh, questionable we have been at the back. But um, the, the good thing for us, uh, that particular day was that we were extremely good going forward. Um, you know, I thought the, the quality of the goals really shone through, um, especially when it was looking like it could potentially be a tricky afternoon for us. You know, I thought there wasn't really anything in it in the first half. Uh, you know, we were fairly comfortable 1-0 up. Um, it was just looking like a routine three points. And then the game turns on its head and, and we're 2-1 down and you're thinking, right, okay, this is a real test of character now for us. Um, and credit to the players because, you know, they, they, they did turn it around and um, I thought the, the freshness of the substitutes kind of helped us a little bit as well. And, uh, you know, White and coming on and, and scored two good goals. Um, you know, he linked up well with Boyce. I think that, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily a partnership going forward. So, yeah, I, I thought definitely that the to turn the game around so quickly as well, because I think if you let that linger and it stays 2-1 for another, you know, 15, 20 minutes, then, you know, the, the pressure really is on hearts. Um, but, you know, we scored some really good goals. We upped the tempo. And uh, and in the end, it was a comfortable scoreline. But I think, you know, conceding three goals at home, uh, and all of them I thought were extremely avoidable goals as well, um, is, you know, you've got, to, you've got to question that. And I think, you know, if we're going to be successful going forward, Listen, I still think we'll win the league even with, with with the current team that we have at the moment. But you know, I think going forward defensively is where we need to we need to look at because the amount of goals that we seem to be uh, leaking at the moment um, is definitely a worry. And um, you know, it's it's all very well and fine having a fantastic goalkeeper, but you know, if there's if there's a back four in front of them who you know looks shaky at best, and I, I'm not just signalling out one player. I think they all have to take responsibility you know I think um, centre half I, you know I'm a big fan of Craig Halkett but I think he hasn't covered himself in glory either over the past you know maybe three four weeks um, so but I think he needs he needs a steady centre half partner and you know Christoph isn't isn't the man for that you know I know he did get an assist in that game and it was it was a very good assist but his job's to defend and I, I still don't think he's good enough Um and I just think, you know, I like Mick Smith being in there. You know, he's he's a good solid fullback and as as is Kingsley. I think they would they would benefit more from a, a steady centre half partnership. And um unfortunately it's a I think it's a problem now that we've had for a long time and uh, it's something we need to rectify and rectify quickly. Gordon, it took you three minutes to um <laughs> talk about Era on the podcast that that's a new hearts of you record well done to you i mean to be fair i mean i think my previous record was probably walker um <laughs> so i know you mentioned him that's another record <laughs> well done. We'll come at him. but um 
Yeah, no, I, I, I just think it's, it's you, the fact that last night, you know, against Dundee, is still very much raw, and 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 in my brain, and it's, it's difficult to go back and talk about two, you know, reasonably positive results, um, when that's still lingering. Um, but you know, last night doesn't surprise me, and then when you start factoring in the previous two games on top of that, and you think to yourself, well, we've conceded three goals to air. Um, he didn't concede our growth, obviously, but you know, I think if they were they were more expansive, we we might have done. Um, so you you've got to kind of factor everything in, into the, you know, the the what 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 we're actually talking about here. And the fact is, we've conceded too many goals this season, and um, and you know, we're we're not even halfway through the the, the actual league season. Uh, we're very close to it, I think, but we're you know, we're, we're still just leaking too many goals. And that's a worry. And, you know, this is the championship, isn't the premiership? You know, if we're winning 5-3 and things like that in the premiership and 3 nils and stuff, and we'd only lost twice, then you'd be like, oh, well, listen, it's still a very good season. But the fact is we're, you know, and with the greatest respect to the teams in this division, we should be winning every week. Um, we've got the players, we've got the budget to, to be winning every week. And when they're turning in, you know, not poor performances, but performances that are below uh, below par um it's not it's not acceptable and um we've said for for weeks and even years you could argue um where our weak points lie and what you know what players we think aren't quite up to standard but yeah they continually keep getting picked and they can keep continually keep letting us down and uh, and you know the the two previous names that I've mentioned there um, they do. And it's not just me that sits here and talks about these two guys. You know, you read the forums, you read the comments. People people are saying the same thing. You know what I mean? Yet, you know, you've got Robbie Nielsen coming out and, and he, every single week he says, you know, we know the expe- expectations, you know, if we get beat, we, we appreciate, you know, we, we know that we're going to get criticised. The expectation at a big football club is to win every week. And that's all very well and fine. But when, when they put in poor performances... And they, you know, they, they, they do lose games like, you know, against Dundee. Instead of coming out and absolutely criticising the players is because I think that's what they need, you sit and blaming the referee. And, I, you know, listen, I'll be the first to blame a referee if I think they've, they've, they've let hearts down. But, you know, I, I, I don't see anything to suggest that, that the referee was at fault for the, the hearts defeat the other night. You know, for me, it was a selection. Go back to the air game, you know, conceding three goals is, is, is quite worrying, David, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I think the worrying thing as well is that uh, there'll be a lot of comparisons made to the, the championship season we were in six years ago uh, compared to this season. And we've already conceded half the amount of goals in 10 games. And I think that's the worry, really. Yeah, we're scoring a lot, so we'll inevitably win more games than we'll lose because, you know, up front, we just have a, too much quality for most of these uh, championship defences. But... When you're conceding three goals against Air United, and that's no disrespect to Air, and let's be honest, as Gordon says, the goals are all so cheap and sloppy and avoidable. You know, you have to start questioning what's going on. It's not just lapses. It's not just individual errors. There's a, there is just moments where it's just a calamity sometimes. Some, I mean, that that last goal, uh, it, it was a it was a comedy show. I've never seen anything like it. Three people trying to clear the ball, and they couldn't even clear it two yards straight to the air boy and just chips it in the top corner. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, so it is a worry. And what also worries me is when Hearts, especially, uh, let's be honest, Hearts have been critical of this for a number of years, actually. 
but it's at the start of each half they are so slow out the blocks and it takes a goal to it, it takes a, to concede a goal or, or to or to have like a, you know something hit the bar or something for the other team to really give us a kick up the arse because we just against uh, United we had to go behind and then bang 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 we scored three goals in in the space of nine or ten minutes or something and uh, even against um, against Arbroath I know the game it was three nil and you know the game was over by half time but Arbroath I, 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 I just have to jump in there uh, David I've, I've made a mistake there it wasn't three nil was it it was three one well that's just what I was about to say Chris Doolan scoring Aye. honestly I, I just totally just and that again was a defensive error as well I managed to blank that out <laughs> How could you forget about Chris Doolan, the famous Partick Thistle song that we've pissed ourselves over for years? Oh, our number nine scores all the time. And again, that was three minutes in the second half. If our yeah. both were a better team, right? That uh, a team like maybe Dunfermline in that league, and and as we as we said, if we go up next season, you'll get absolutely punished for that. And there wasn't even a reaction to conceding that goal. It was kind of just, oh, well, you know, we'll keep it tight here and we'll three one will do us fine. You know, I, I, I'm not being funny. I think most Hearts fans agree. We want to go out and, you know, demolish these teams. I know it's not how football works, but when you're three up at half time, the last thing Hearts fans want to see is foot off, taking a foot off the gas and ha- being happy with a 3-0 win. Because when you can see goals like that, it just puts a little bit of a damper on the performance because that second half was brutal. And and like we said about here, it took it took two goals to to concede that and go behind to 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 uh, kicks up the arse and go and win it. So there's uh, certainly things to worry about this season, uh, judging on the first eleven games, uh, ten games so far. Something you've not worried about, Spencer, is Christoph Berra being on the wings. Uh, well, it was a Christmas cracker at Tynecastle. Eight goals, five three. Can't complain about that. Uh, I thought we started the game very well. Uh, One nil up at half time. Uh, very comfortable. And then at the start of the second half, we we didn't come out very good, which is uh, a bit worrying. Air got back into the game, obviously, two goals in three minutes. And then we've seen uh, our experience. Uh, we've seen our big players step up to the, to the plate. You know, Christoph Berra showing true ins- inspiration to get forward. Um, true leadership to, to take it upon himself to get behind the, uh, the air defenders and uh, cross it in. And it was a great goal by Whiten, another talented player I'm a big fan of. Two goals for him. We've seen Ollie Lee, you know, getting a goal as well. He was uh, very good. And, um, yeah, I thought it was a, a good performance and a good victory against Air United. A little bit less uh, convincing against Arbroath. I thought it was three very poor goals, three goals in six minutes for, for Naismith. But the goalkeeping in this league is questionable for some teams. But, uh, again, I thought we looked, uh, we looked solid. Um, the only worrying thing about the Arbroath game is uh, Christoph had to go off with an ox, so I'm glad that he was okay. Um, no, no big real injury concerns there. And uh, yeah, I thought the second half was poor against Arbroath, but we had the game won at half time. Yeah, I thought the the two games before the end of the year were were very pleasing. How can, <laughs> how, how can you call Naismith's goals three poor goals? I thought a good goalkeeper saves them. <laughs> Well, obviously the penalty, but no, certainly, certainly that. the. I, mean, uh, I thought I thought the first goal was was very good football, um, you know, and and credit to to Walker and things like that for the for the ball across, um, and Naismith taps in. That that the, the actual football in the lead up to that first goal was actually very good, um, and then the second goal as well, you know, Naismith finds himself space, which is what he's really good at, and it was a good header in the bottom corner, and then the third one's a penalty. I, I don't know how you can sit there and say they're three very poor goals when you can sit and say. The five-three game against Air, we we can't complain about that. 
I mean, I well, don't even think you believe what you're saying half the time. We scored good goals against Air United. We conceded three goals. Three yes, but, poor, but, shocking but, goals. But the goals we scored were very good. I mean, that second one to make it 2-2, it's a crucial time in the I'm game. Not, I'm not disputing that. But Berra how, does but a fantastic run. Berra no, does a fantastic run. It's a great ball across, and it's it's 2-2. Two two. goals against our road, and then you can say, oh, but there are five very good goals here, but we can't complain about conceding three goals. I just think the standard of goalkeeping is poor from the Arbroath goalie. I think he a good he's helpless goalie. for two. He's helpless for at least two or three of them. What's he meant to do with a ball getting cut across the face of his own goal? Is he meant to go out and save that? Well, I think the one with the no goal, no goalie ever saves them. Obviously, the game against Arbroath, you know, we won the game in the first half. Liam Boyce coming off early, though, must be quite a concern, though, David. Yeah, it is because it just looked like he was just about to start. Uh, well, it looked like he was just about to find his form, really. You know, he started to score a lot more goals from open play than he was at the start of the season. He looked like he was taking his chances more. And it kind of is just that typical heart's luck that we've had over the past couple of years with our so-called prolific strikers. They uh, they just get a, a, a little... And it's, it's never uh, an injury where it's like a head knock or, or, a, or, or, or like a, a, a blow injury. It's usually a muscular one that's pulled up. So that's that'll be a bit of a blow. We don't actually know how long he's out for. There doesn't seem to be any sort of uh, indication from the club as to how long it will be. Hopefully, uh, it's not too long because uh, I think when, as as we'll probably discuss, I think without him up front, we do lose a lot uh, of not not just quality but just a kind of focal point up front. Uh, we lose an extra man to play the ball to feet and hold it up because without him, we don't really have a presence up there to do that and, and a striker really uh, able to to do what he he can do. So. Yeah, it's a big blow, but fingers crossed it's not too long before he's uh, before he's back. He's obviously a quality player, Gordon, and you know we do miss that. Oh, I, I, absolutely. You know, I think he's he's a tremendous player, and and I've I've been a big advocate of of Boyce for a long time, and I, you know, I repeatedly said once he could get a, a run going, um, he would score goals, and he has. You know, he pops up with big goals at big moments, and um, you know, I think clearly at the start of the season he wasn't he wasn't fit. He'll admit that himself. Um, but you seen one, once he got a run going, and you know I think it was after he kind of he sat out the Morton game, and then he came back, and he's just had the bit between his teeth since then. You know he scored some really good goals. He's he's got a few assists, and um, and it's a blow. You know it, it, him going off against Arbroath. You know I was quite surprised. I didn't think he would actually start the game. I thought they maybe would have kept him for Dundee, and I thought White and you know would have would have maybe just started in that lone role. Um, to, to be honest with you, you know it was it was a pretty poor challenge. I, I think he got a knee right in the back uh, in his back in the first few minutes, and I think that's what hampered him in a way. And and in, and in the end, unfortunately, he had to go off. So um, listen, I mean, we're we're praying that it isn't a, a long term issue. But I've said for a while, I think we're a bit short up front anyway. And um, you know, I mean, the, the issue is when you get injuries to to your your main talisman like Boyce, um, you've got to start looking at you know your backups and. Um, you know, Craig Whiten's done all right this season, but I still think going forward he, he isn't the, the sort of player that, that Hearts need. Um, you know, I think he's he's not good enough, unfortunately, and um, I think they need quality um, in in those those positions. I think that I read in the paper that we were maybe linked with him and Brophy today. You know, I think he's a decent player, but at the same time, you know, um, he's maybe not scored as the, the amount of goals that, that you would hope um, for, for a backup striker has, but um, or you know, even even if if Nielsen wants to change his system and and play with with both of them up there, so um, yeah, I, I definitely think we need to to add quality in in that forward area, um, because unfortunately it looks like we do have players who can be a bit uh, injury prone, um, 
you know, I, I think as I said, I think Boyce's a wonderful talent. I think he's he's worth having on there, and if you can get him on the pitch, fantastic, and and get him playing. Um, but there's always that worry, and it's the same with Naismith as well, given his injury record. That that at some stage they could end up, you know, being injured. Um, you know, not more often than not, but over over a, a wee small period of time of the season, and um, I think that's why you need to have your backup players who you can rely on. And uh, and I'm not saying that you can't rely on Craig White, and I just think consistently and, and overall, if you say we needed to have, say Boyce got a ter- terrible injury and he was out for eight months or something, and you needed to rely on White and, um, to lead the line for X amount of months, do you think that he's going to consistently get the goals that, that you know Boyce would deliver? I don't think he will. Um, you know, especially in the top flight. I think you get away with it in the championship, but certainly not in the top flight. He's not the man. Um, I think going forward, we need someone that we can, we, we need a bit of sort of depth and strength up in those forward areas, especially if we're going to compete next year. Of course, Spencer, you talked about experienced players showing their worth. Stephen Naismith um, scored three goals in six minutes. Um, as I said, uh, I don't think, I think the goalkeeping was questionable for some of it, but he did well. He he got his hat trick. It was a good penalty as well. Uh, yeah, he, we we need Nazi. He's going to be a important player for us. That second half was pretty boring, wasn't it, David? Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, if I knew what that was going to be like at half time, I would have went out and you know went for a walk or, or you know probably just stayed at the wall. It would have been just exciting. It was it was exactly like um, a couple of years ago when we went three up against Thistle at half time. And I don't actually remember a single thing of that second half. I couldn't even tell you if there was a shot. I wouldn't know, honestly. It was it was boring, just like that. The only thing we did see was Chris Doolan score. You know, lots of good goal against Hearts. So, ah, good for him. But no, terrible. Um, I, I, I mean, I said it just earlier on. I, I wanted us to go all guns blazing that second half because they were absolutely there for a for a bit of a pumping, but um, not to be, uh, unfortunately. And I think a lot of Hearts fans are probably a little bit miffed by that. It was the same as the Alloa game, wasn't it? You know, I mean, right. same same this... thing happened. Midweek fixture, three goals up. He expected us to go in and kick on and, and you He's know, flex our muscles. Yeah, exactly. You would think the team would be relaxed and they would go and, you know, score a lot more goals. But, uh, you know, they give away a sloppy, sloppy goal. And um, I think Arbroath were just happy not to, to concede any more. don't think they were necessarily going for a second and, and then an equaliser. The, the second half was disappointing because, you know, you, you would expect them to go on and, and score, you know, a few more goals. You would expect that guys in the team, you know, I mean, Nisi's got his hat trick, his, his work's done, but, you know, you would you would expect, you know, White and who came on and you, Jamie Walker and things like that, you know, you would expect these guys would, would be desperate to go on and get, you know, um, to get some goals. And, um, you know, when you're 3-0 up, you've got that freedom to do that. Um, I know it goes 3-1 very quickly at the start of the second half, but you've still got a two-goal cushion there um, where you can go out and, and still flex your muscles and know that there's, um, you know, you're not in any real danger of throwing the game away. So, um, yeah, it was. It was watching. It was, it was fairly predictable, you know, it really was, especially when you, you look back to, you know, that Aloha game, for example. I thought it was just the same stamp, you know, the players, you know, they're, they're cruising at halftime and, you know, they just, they just, they weren't interested, were they? Yeah, I mean, you could probably say they weren't very interested in the first half um, against Dundee as well. You know, I don't really know where to start with that game. 
Yeah, we were. Dundee went out. They really wanted to look like they really wanted to make up for that game in in October, uh, and it's probably been playing on their mind for for quite a while. You know, they definitely wanted to to get some sort of revenge for for that. Um, but Hearts came into it, and it almost looked like they had this kind of idea that if they just turned up, everything would be all right on the night. Um, there was absolutely no urgency. They couldn't string two passes together if they tried. I mean, uh, the passing in the midfield was just so sloppy. But credit to Dundee because they came after us. They really did. They put us under a lot of pressure. But what I would say is that I would expect a team of Hearts' quality to be able to cope with that pressure. Uh, and they, they weren't able to in that first half. Um, and Dundee scored two two predictable goals that you would score against Hearts. All it takes is a good ball in the box and the defence is nowhere to be seen. Um, we've said it for years now. The, ba- the way you score against Hearts is put a ball in the box because we can't defend it. It's ridiculous. It's so predictable. Um, albeit a very good goal from, from Jordan McGee, obviously, um, becoming a, uh, thinking he was probably getting revenge for letting him go. Uh, last night, that was probably his revenge goal. And then I actually think for the second goal, um, I know the header's got a bit of pace on it, but I do think someone of Gordon's quality should have probably saved it. Um, but the, but you know what? We deserve to be 2-0 down at halftime, and I'm surprised it wasn't more, to be honest. Uh, and then... Ugh, yeah, yeah. I was kind of fed up at halftime, to be honest. Should Dundee have been down to 10 men in the second minute? Yeah, you could argue he could have been a red card, albeit referees never give red cards early in the game. Um, you know, they want to keep keep the lid on it almost. And, you know, what? when I first looked at it, it did look a bit rash and it didn't look more than a yellow, but it's one of those. It's kind of that, um, we talk about it with, with VAR down south, as soon as you start slowing things down, it, it does make things look a lot worse than it was. But it is, he comes in with some amount of pace and it's very reckless. You could argue that it was a red card. Um, but, but admittedly at the time, I didn't think it, it was. But, you know, it's one of those, in, in hindsight, yeah, it, it could have been a red. Obviously came in at half-time, 2-0 down, Andy Irvin came on and, and made, you know, a bit of a difference. He came on for Peter Haring and Peter Haring was a bit off the pace though, Gordon, wasn't he? Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of comments about Haran and you know last night and then today and and people saying you know questioning um, if he's not good enough and that baffles me because you know I think you've got to take into context you know how long he's been out for that's probably the poorest I've seen him play um, but that's that for me was rare you know I, he's I've never seen him play as poorly as that and and people are saying. Oh, I don't think he's good enough and things like that. You know, I need to remember this guy's been out for a year. He's not played that much football this year. He's not had a chance to consistently have a real run of, uh, run of games and get himself match fit. Naturally, when you've been out for a, a year with that with the type of injury that he had, it's obviously going to have its physical um, problems, but also mentally for him as well. You know, it'll take him a while to get himself back up to the, the standard that, that he should be at. But let's not make any mistake here. Peter Haran is one of our best players. He's a, he's a fantastic footballer. And, and what he gives you, and the people need to remember, it wasn't that long ago that he came on in a semi-final along with Stephen Naismith and changed the game. And in the end, it was w- which we actually won the game because of him and Nasey coming on. People forget that. You know, they're quick to, quick to point the, the, the fingers at the wrong players, in my opinion. And Peter Haran's certainly not one that, in my opinion, should be getting criticised, you know. He's had a difficult year. He's bouncing back. He's the sort of player who, certainly in the Premiership, if you have him in there, you have a fully fit Peter Hannon, just as we've seen um, when he first came into the team, just how pivotal he was, particularly in games against the old firm and 
and things like that, you know, just how good he was. Um, and then that big game in the semi-final, the impact he can have. Um, he's, he's a tremendous player. Last night, it wasn't a game for him. That's twice now we've um, not performed, Spencer, against two of the teams that are deemed, you know, better teams in the league. It was a bad night last night. Uh, from start to finish, we didn't perform very well. But as David sort of mentioned there, I believe it was a red card in the first minute. Dundee should have been down to 10 men. It's a different game if that's the case. Um, I don't want to criticise Craig Gordon too much because he made a sensational save, I think, when it was only 1-0, wasn't it? Or was it 0-0 when he tipped it over the bar? But um, he should have done better with a second goal. I think that, that was a poor goal to concede. So it's same with the defending, obviously, but it was Halkett's man and he just sort of let him go um, for 2-0. For uh, the first goal was poor as well. Uh, I don't think the third was a penalty. I think you see that a lot. Uh, both players had to hold each other's shirt. Um, I think what the referee was doing was making up for the earlier mistake he, he made because Craig Gordon gave away, well, should have gave away a clear penalty. And I think what he was doing was uh, making up for that, um, which is terrible because I don't think it was a penalty. Berra had a hold of his shirt. The Dundee player had a, shoulder, a hold of Berra's shirt. You see them all the time. They're, they're not usually given. So I think the referee had that in the back of his mind that, he should have gave a penalty for when Craig Gordon wiped out the Dundee striker. He didn't. Um, so I don't think it was a penalty. I think Robbie was right to criticise that decision. Uh, but overall, we didn't work Jack Hamilton enough. I mean, you've seen from the goal, he's not a very talented. We've spoke about Jack Hamilton a lot. Should have worked him a lot more because I feel like if you get a decent shot on target, you're, you're likely to score. He made a half-decent save from Naismith. I kind of just think he... He flapped on the ball a little bit. He got a little bit lucky. I think if you work Jack Hamilton a lot more, if you just hit it as Irvin did, then you know you have a good chance of scoring. And we didn't do that. And it was a it was a poor performance. You know, someone I like a lot, Jamie Walker, didn't turn up last night, unfortunately. Um, we need to see a little bit more from him. The last couple of performances haven't been great. When he came on against Arbroath, I'm a little bit disappointed in Jamie. I think he has so much quality, but we're not seeing it the last couple of games. We have seen it previously, but not not in these two games. Uh, but yeah, I thought thought we were very poor, and referee instant decisions did cost us because Dundee should have been down to ten, and the penalty that was given wasn't. Has Christoph Berra got you on his payroll? What's that supposed to mean? See this question because <laughs> okay, I mean, listen, I actually agree with you. I thought, I thought the Craig Gordon one was a penalty. I, I'd, I'd be screaming for that actually. Um, I thought that was. I mean, you can argue that the ball was obviously away from him, but he still technically wipes the guy out, and it, it probably should have been a penalty. Um, but the better one—that's a stonewall penalty. He's manhandled the guy to the ground, and well, you the, know the Dundee players got hold of him as well. Nonsense! Listen, it's a physical game, right? It's a contact sport. But he has manhandled him to the ground in the box. Well, are you saying? Are you saying Robbie and I are wrong? Robbie and I yes, are wrong. Yes, I am. I'm saying you're both wrong and you're both delusional. And uh, the fact is, Robbie in particular is deflecting away from a very poor performance <laughs> by blaming the referee. And I think his comments are completely wrong. I have to say, he should be coming out and he should be living in the real world. Because the fact is, he's, he keeps picking a centre-half who there's two big penalty decisions that were so avoidable that he's given away. Yet, instead, he's blaming the referee. Nonsense. Listen, I, I think it was a red card in the first couple of minutes. And yes, that does change the game. But the fact is, it was a, the referee's given a yellow, and that was only two minutes in. You can't sit there and blame, say that, that that's, that's cost of defeat. You know, that's, that's just nonsense, because there's 90 minutes still to play. Sorry, there's 88 minutes still to play plus stoppage time. So if you're, if you're hinging the entire performance on one refereeing decision two minutes in, then you've got bigger problems than you think. 
Um, you know, I, I think that we've missed uh, quite a few big chances. I think Naismith should score. Absolutely agree with you. I think Hamilton flaps it a little bit. I think if he dinks it, he scores. Um, but he also made um, a really good save from, uh, I think it was Henderson, um, who actually probably should have cut it back to Halliday and he taps in an empty net. Um, so, listen, I, I think we, we did have chances in the second half. Um, we didn't take them. Um, and in the end, you know, Dundee deserved the victory overall. But I don't, I don't know how Robbie can sit there and, and say it was the referee's fault that, that we lost the game. Um, you know, I go back to Dunfermline as well, and he, he says that, you know, we've lost two games this season and Don Robertson's been referee for both. Well, like I say, I, I, can't, I can't remember Don Robertson particularly robbing hearts of anything in, in the last Dunfermline game either. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I think Robbie's just using it as deflections. It wasn't but, a corner. When, when they scored from the corner, it wasn't a corner for Dunfermline. We were cheating. Well, that's... Well, that's more of the linesman, isn't it? But he signed Popescu in the summer. That was Nielsen signing. I want to know why he's no longer in the team. If he was signing Popescu as a backup, then fine. But he, he was coming out and saying that he could be a really good partner for Halke. And he, and he started the season. He started the majority of the games. And then out of nowhere, the guy's dropped. So I I just cannot understand it myself. It's, it, it baffles me. It really does. Maybe his attitude's wrong in training. Yeah, but then today, whether he's at, we don't know what goes on in training, but but whether he's good enough or not, you know, you still cannot continue with Christoph Berra at centre half, you know, because what happens on the park is more important than what happens in training. And at the end of the day, the guy deserves a shot because Berra's had too many mistakes now, and it's getting it's beyond a joke. Um, I think even if you you don't play Berra, you know, why not put Harren back there? You know what I mean? It's you know, it's just it's ridiculous. It really is. So are you saying Berra's responsible for the defeat yesterday? Oh, he played a huge part in it, yeah. But I think there was a lot of players in there. That's wrong. No, it's not wrong. Like, he's given away a penalty at 3-1. And he, he also should have done a hell of a lot better for the second goal. Instead of man-marking, he should that be actually... Man. No, it wasn't Halkett's man. Does Nielsen have a problem with team selection, though, David? You know, Arvin came on in the second half and, you know, we did start to actually play a wee bit better. Why he doesn't start, I don't know. You know... He came on and he start, He was the only player in midfield that dropped deep, wanted the ball and wanted to create something. And we've seen it countless times where he comes on and makes a huge impact in games. Not just this season, but last season as well. So I don't know why he doesn't start. It, it, it baffles me. And I think there, there's an element of stubbornness from Nielsen, whether that's his, either the, the players he wants to select or it's the system that he wants to select. It seems to be that Andy Irvin will always miss out no matter what. Um, what will no matter what he does because it's just Nielsen's way of playing. But um, if we don't play him, especially away from home where it does seem we we struggle to create things uh, compared to when we are at Tynecastle, uh, then then we're going to cause our own problems uh, by not playing him. Um, so so yeah, it, it, it's, it baffles me still why why he doesn't start. It really does because as we've seen, he comes on, he collects the ball, he creates multiple chances for Hearts. It's not not even just from his passing, just the fact he's he's moving about and he's he's actually creating space not just for himself but for others. Um, so yeah, has to start. But you know what? Wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't next week. It really wouldn't. I think um, I think the problem that maybe Nielsen has is he, he doesn't still doesn't know what his best midfield is. Um, yeah, I don't mind a bit of rotation and, and trying different things. You know, I've no no issue with that. You know, obviously Peter Haring came back in um, last night. But, you know, I think the problem is when you've got Peter Haring in there, you need maybe more creativity in front of you. And having somebody like Irvin um, perhaps in, in the team as well is, is huge. You know, I thought 
I was like being a man down with Walker on the park because, you know, he wasn't really offering anything offensively or defensively. Um, you know, I think if you have Irvin in there, then, um, you know, he can he can do a little bit more. You know, he's got the, the, the talent to pick up the ball and find passes. And, I mean, you see with the free kick, listen, Hamilton, of course, should absolutely do better than that. I mean, they'll be disappointed. They can see the goal like that. But it was the ball in. I mean, even, you know, your centre-forward should actually be running at the back post to tap that in. And it was that good a ball. Um, and, and you seen him as soon as he came on, he was creating a lot more. And, and Charlie Adam, I think, you know, realised that. Hence why every time Mervyn got the ball, he was he was right in right into him. And they had a bit of a running battle. But um, credit to Irvin, he stood up to, to the challenge of Adam and, and didn't shy away from him. Um, you know, I think he's a player that we definitely need to tie down in a long-term deal because, you know, I think um, there'll be a few suitors for him. And, you know, I speak to opposition fans as well. And, and they say, I like the look of the boy, Irvin. Um, and he is, he's, you know, I think he's, he's done really well. Um, and he justifies starting, you know, I think he does. Um, but I think Robbie, you know, he's, he's he's got quite a lot of midfield options. So you can understand sometimes when there's a little bit of rotation. But I think when we're going away from home, and especially, you know, the importance of the game last night, um, you know, Hearts win that and the league's effectively over. Um, I think, it, I mean, I still think we'll win it anyway. But, I mean, you know, that that right away just and with Dunfermline's game being postponed, that just gives you that cushion going into the Dunfermline game where you know you can really make the gap just, you know, that that big that they're not coming back from it. But it still leaves that little bit of doubt, uh, which is frustrating. So um yeah, I was quite I, I have to say I was quite surprised by by the selection. Um, you know, it almost felt like we were going there to like contain Dundee. Um and we just didn't do that at all. You know, we let we invited them on to us and you know, you always knew that they, they they would come into the game with something to uh, to prove. Um, you know that defeat on the first day of the season would have really hurt them, and, and rightfully so. Um, but we didn't cover ourselves in glory. You know, we we should have went there and been brave and and gave them another six-two pump. And to be honest, we and unfortunately we didn't do that. Um, you know, we gave them confidence. We let them get into the game and start well. And uh, and when you're two 0 down to any team. I think it's difficult to come back, regardless. You know, we've done a few times. We've came back from, from, from being down. You know, against Celtic and, uh, and obviously Air and things like that in recent weeks. But you can't keep doing that, um, giving your yourself a mountain to climb. We'll now move on a wee bit and talk about the Scottish Cup second round tie. We've we've got either Brora Rangers or Camelon Juniors in the cup. These these are games that we should really be winning, Spencer. I thought we were going to get through against Alloa pretty easily, but we didn't in the League Cup. Uh, no, it should be a a comfortable win should be. Hopefully, we have to play a well. We should play our strongest squad. I don't think there's any reason not to. Um, and hopefully, we can put a good performance on and get quite a few goals. But we've seen in recent, well, obviously the last couple of years or so, we've got Auchin Lake Talbot and teams like that. We never put in great performances there either. But uh, hopefully, we can win this game comfortably, score a few goals, and. Uh, obviously get through to the next round but who knows if it'll be that easy or not maybe it will maybe it won't we'll have to wait and see the preferable tie david's probably camelon you know they're from falkirk they play in the east of scotland league you know broda is 50 miles away from inverness could do without the travel really couldn't you although in saying that as a fan i would have loved to have gone to broda rangers were we able to go and, and camelon united for, for that matter um but, I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> if we got Bora Rangers, we could hardly go on about having to travel four and a half hours up the road to excuse what, if we, to use that as an excuse if we lose. Um, although I'm sure that'll be in the repertoire uh, of Robbie Nielsen, should, should it happen? Um, but no, uh, 
yes, for 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 ease of uh, travel and everything, you you prefer Cameron, but it doesn't matter really, does it? No matter who we get, we should be winning, and it's a trophy that we should be going for. We should be using the heartache against Celtic as a as something to spur us on this season. Um, and Robbie Nielsen needs a trophy, I think, uh, a major trophy um, as a, as a Hearts manager. He'll want it more than anyone after the the heartache of of uh, uh, last year. Well, I say last year. I know it was only a couple of weeks ago, but um, yeah, uh, it's a trophy that. And I do. And do you know what? It's a trophy that Hearts fans need as well. We, we we've came so close the past two years, and it would be devastating should we not should should it happen again that close. Uh, and and I don't. I think when you look at. Um, you look at the way Scottish Cups have gone in the past couple of years as well. We've had quite favourable ties um, up until at least the, uh, the point of getting to Hamden. So, fingers crossed something like that can happen again. Uh, and then, you know, get Hibs in another semi-final. That'd be good. Nice, easy win to the final. And then just hope it's not Celtic again. Um, but, yeah, I, I see there's no reason why we can't go and try and win this season's Scottish Cup. Um, but, who knows? I'll not be holding my breath. Is it a opportunity potentially for Robbie to go and play a few younger players, give them a little bit more experience? Well, yeah. I mean, listen. On paper, I don't think it matters what team Hearts put out; they should be winning comfortably, respectively. But I think if uh, we were to get knocked out, then I think Robbie Nielsen's job would would definitely be under under uh, question. I think personally, if I was running the club, I'd sack him um, because that's not acceptable losing to to a, a, firstly a, a Highland League side or I, uh, and East of Scotland side, um, it's just it's it's not acceptable. Um, so we should be getting through this this tie comfortably. It shouldn't even be going to a replay. I don't want any excuses. Hearts should go up there. They're a professional football club. They're one of the biggest in the country, and it doesn't matter if they played. Um, they're under 12. So it's just they should still be good enough to go up there and win. Now I know that's not how football works. I get that. You know, every dog has his day. Uh, we've seen cup shocks, but I think the the gulf in quality between the two football clubs. Hearts should be going up there and winning, uh, winning the game comfortably, you know. And I, I, I don't mean you know five six nil. I think two nil would be comfortable, even three nil. Um, whatever you want to do, just go up there, put in a professional performance, get the job done, get back down the road and see what the see what tie we get in the third round. Um, you know, I think that's that that's the 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 best way to kind of describe it, and then uh, try and just see what the draw gives us and and. See if we can get ourselves back to Hamden. You know, there's no reason why why we can't. We certainly have the squad. Um, we certainly got the players. They've proven that over the last two years. Um, I know what David's saying. We've had favourable ties, but I mean, even last season's Scottish Cup. You know, we 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 had some tough games. You know, we had, we had to play Celtic, Hibs, and Rangers in in that that um, run. So you know that that right that in itself is is difficult. Um, so listen, we'll see what happens, but. Um, you know, there's no reason why Hearts can't get, go and get themselves back to Hamden again. Just for a point of note there, Gordon, the Scottish Cup this season doesn't have replays, so if the game does somehow end up in a draw, we will have to play extra time and penalties. Anyway, moving on, we're going to now chat about the transfer window, something that always excites us as football fans. What do Hearts need this transfer window? Well, I think it's clear that a centre-half or two is necessary. Um... I think just more for depth, really, because even if Popescu and Berra or Popescu and Halkett or if two centre-halves out of the three were to be injured, you know, you're left looking at either uh, using an auxiliary player to play that role or you're looking at the youth squad. Um, so strength and depth, we need another centre-half at least. 
Uh, midfield, we're fine, but uh, we are crying out for some pace. We really are. I mean, I, I, you know, Gordon and I had this discussion last night. I couldn't tell you who our last good winger was. Maybe Andy Driver. And I think that just shows you we have been so devoid of pace in wide area for a number of years now that we really do need a winger. Because we can clearly see, I don't think Jordan Roberts will cut the custard for hearts. And uh, Ginelli, uh, as, as, as good as he has been for, for hearts when he's came on or when he's played, uh, you know, obviously he's had a couple of injuries. You know, maybe he'll be one of those players with it, with, who's slightly injury prone. So, we, we, and do you know what? After those two, you don't have another winger because Walker can't play out there. He's not fast enough anymore. He's lost all of his pace. And we seem to persist in playing Ollie Lee out there, which just baffles me. Um, so we need at least a winger or two. And then, uh, as we've alluded to with the fact that Boyce, has, uh, Boyce and Naismith are, are prone to an injury as well, we need another striker. Um, but it's starting to get quite frustrating that it comes to every transfer window now for Hearts and I couldn't tell you the last one that we had where I didn't say to myself we need at least four players but at least three or four uh, it's becoming a little bit of a joke now that every transfer window we're having to almost kind of sign uh, half a squad to kind of paper over some of the terrible cracks that we have um, I don't think this is that this is probably be, have, to have to be one of the easier transfer windows uh, that we'll have in the past few years but the fact is that we still need to sign at least three um, so, and, and the recruitment has to be good we can't just sign three players we have to sign three players of quality uh, it's not about quantity anymore for Hearts we need to sign quality players because we've been through the quantity thing for five years and it was a disaster so we have to make sure we get this transfer window right because these players won't just be here for six months we need to make sure that these players are good enough to stay at Hearts for a couple of years because at the end of the day we need depth in the squad uh, to get you to win trophies and get you higher up in the table at the moment, should we get if we were to promote with the current squad that we have right now, all it would take would be two injuries and we'd be looking in trouble. Yes, I agree. I think we're a little bit short. We 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 obviously need reinforcements. Um, I think David's a little unfair there. I would say our last good winger is a man that's nearly on fifty goals for the club, but we'll just leave that. He's not a winger, uh, though, Spencer. We, not a winger. we need we need some pace. David's right, uh, but it's, it's a problem. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in terms of signings because you look at the. The state of the well, obviously the world at the moment in terms of COVID and things like that. Are we able to sign any international players? Are they allowed to come over and sign for the club? I don't know what what the situation is there, so I don't know if it's going to have to be people that are based in Scotland or the UK or or what. Uh, I think it's going to be an exceptionally difficult transfer window to bring players in. I don't think it's going to be very easy just because of COVID and things like that in terms of travel, as I say. Uh, but we are a little short. We we could do another centre back, someone to play alongside uh, Berra, maybe give Halkett a bit of a rest. We do need pace. We need another striker. But the question is whether we get these people in January or not. It's going to be difficult because of restrictions on travel and things with COVID. I don't I don't see us spending money. I have to say I think it will probably be free agents if it is anyone. I don't know if we're going to go out and spend a hundred, two hundred thousand on a player and sign them from a club or or something like that. I don't see that happening. Well, not in January anyway, but um, we do need some reinforcements, I think, because we have a title challenge on our hands here. So it's going to be a tight race. It'll go to the end, I think. When you look back to Halkett's Livingston days, you know, you had somebody like Gallagher alongside them. And I think um, having that type of quality would, would you know, be huge for Hearts. Um, yeah, listen, Spencer's delusional um, when he's sitting there talking about how Crystal Freire needs to... You know, we, we need a, a partnership to go along with a 35-year-old that continually gives away penalties. But anyway, you know, if if Spencer wants to see Hart stay down in the championship for the next X amount of years, then fine, go and sign in our centre-half. Play alongside better, but I don't think that'll happen. Um, 
listen, it's difficult. I think, you know, the summer will be a huge window as well for Hearts. Um, we've, you maybe just need to look a little bit short term um, and see what we need now. You know, I think definitely the forward areas are huge for us um, to get a little bit of depth in there. You know, we, we certainly are lacking another striker um, and, and certainly more pace on, on the wings. I think that the centre-half issue, I would maybe look at possibly a loan deal, you know, from an English club, um, you know, a, a Jimmy Dunn type kind of defender to come in and, and keep us ticking over until the summer and then we can reassess then because, you know, I think obviously we've got Halkett and we've got Popescu um, in there as well who are, are still options. I think, you know, Popescu getting back into the team, I think is something that has to happen. If Nielsen doesn't fancy him, then, you know, they'll have to try and move him out because, you know, I, I think, you know, he'll probably be on a decent enough wage. Um, you know, Suter's not going to play this season, I don't think. So, um, I think certainly getting someone in there to, to keep us ticking over until the um, until the, the summer, unless they want to, want to spend big money uh, on, on a, a, another centre-half, then fine. Um, I can see that happening, but I don't think it'll be the case. I think they'll maybe probably wait in the summer to reassess um, to reassess that. So, I think definitely maybe a loan deal might be something that they could do. But I think definitely getting a forward in um, would would be key. Um, I'd like somebody in permanently. Um, I agree with Spencer. I don't think there'll be too much activity um, coming from abroad, although you can still do that. But I think they would need to quarantine for 10 days um, first or two weeks or whatever it is, um, depending on where they come from. So but obviously you've still got the salary cap in, in England. In League One and Two, that might be a market they'll, they'll maybe look at um, because even though Hearts are still in the Championship, they can still be competitive with these teams. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's quite there's there's quite a lot to look at from from a Hearts point of view um, in terms of of what we want to bring in and, and where we want to go. Um, I think it's clear we'll still win the league. Um, I don't think we need too much. Uh, in this window, uh, I agree with David as well. It's a bit quality run quantity. I'd love to see us go for somebody like Jordan Jones. Um, I think he'd be a, a really good acquisition if they could bring him in. Um, you know, he would he would add so much quality to the forward areas. Um, he can play wide and he can play up front as well. You know, I, I think there's talk they're talking about Eamon Brophy again. You know, I think he would he'd be certainly a really good signing. But at the same time, you know, are you going to have to spend money on him or or what? So. Um, I think, you know, Jones is out of the picture at Rangers. I think it's clear that, that maybe even a loan deal with an option to buy in the summer might be something Hearts could maybe look at. I think that's the type of market we should be going into. Players who have done it in the Premiership and are maybe in the fringes at Celtic and Rangers um, or, you know, or have went down south. It's not worked for them. I think, because you know, that's kind of what Aberdeen's sort of business has been. You know, they've, they've done that. They've looked within uh, Scotland and, and signed players who have, have done it at this level. And I think, you know, a guy like Jones would be ideal for Hearts. Um, he's an international. He's very experienced. He can show he can score goals. He can be a bit hot-tempered at the time, but I think Hearts would be the right club for him. Um, so I think that's the sort of market we should be looking at. And um, and certainly, I think, you know, he would he would solve a lot of problems for us. Of course, new sporting director at Hearts, Joe Savage, starts his work on Monday. He'll make a big difference, David, won't he? But yeah, it, well, he has. He, he can't be any, as worse as bad as our previous uh, director of football, um, so that's always a positive. Um, yeah, let's hope that um, he can. I mean, I'm sure he will. Uh, hopefully, there's a little bit of direction as well with the transfers, and it's not just kind of a 
uh, a, a tumbola and oh, we'll get this player, we'll get that player. There has to be some sort of plan and idea of who these players we're going to get in and hopefully they fit with the, with the style that Hearts are trying to play and, and everything else. Um, but I'm, I'm sure that, 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 um, that I think it was Joe... Joe, Joe's his name, eh? I'm not, yeah, not Joe Savage. Yeah. yeah, Joe Savage. Good man. Yeah, let's hope that um, Joe has a good uh, good, spit, good stint as a director of football and uh, he and Robbie can work well together because at the end of the day, that, you know, that has to happen. If the, man, if the head coach and the director of football can't work together, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, so they have to make sure that that'll happen. But I'm sure they will. Uh, and uh, hopefully we can get some quality sign-ins. And, uh, and can propel us into the, the top leagues. And, and hopefully it's a fruitful partnership because at the end of the day, this can't just be one thing that happens for one season. This is something that has to, that we have to have this as an idea. This is going to be a relationship that's going to happen for a few years. Um, so, fingers crossed. And the end of the day, it's not Craig Levine, so it's got to be good. Well, I think we will end on that. Thank you all for joining me this week. Um, who knows? thinking positively next week we might actually have found another centre back I think you're being very unfair there <laughs> um, that man has dedicated uh, a lot of his career to this football club over 250 so excuse me over 250 that's unmuted anyway <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see you next week um, until then have a good week <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.